This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And a very pleasant good morning, everybody. As always, good to be back with you. This is the Marlins Rewind. And last night at Great American Ballpark in Cincinnati, the Marlins were looking to put a halt to their five-game losing streak. They were looking to beat the Reds for the first time this weekend in their four-game weekend series after falling on Thursday and Friday. The rookie right-hander Zach Thompson went opposite of the veteran left-hander Wade Miley. Well, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but game three of this four-game weekend series between the Marlins and the Reds just looked a whole heck of a lot like games one and two. Cincinnati takes game three, seven, four. They used a long ball early, jumped out to an early lead. The Marlins rolled into five inning-ending double plays tonight. Now, that's something you just don't see very often. And unfortunately, all those double plays just really hurt them. They just did not have enough punch when it was all said and done in game three of this four-game weekend series between the Marlins and the Cincinnati Reds tonight. This was game number 124 on the season schedule for the Marlins. Road game number 64. The Marlins 21-42 and coming into this ballgame away from Lone Depot Park this season. They were inside Great American Ballpark up in Cincinnati tonight. Zach Thompson went opposite of the left-handed veteran Wade Miley of Cincinnati. Coming into this ballgame, Miley, 10 wins, 4 losses, a 284 ERA. Zach Thompson was bidding for his third victory in his rookie season, pitching to the tune of a 2.91 earned run average. That went up just a little bit tonight. It's still under and south of three. The Cincinnati Reds jumped out to an early 2-0 lead in this ballgame tonight. Bottom of the first inning after a double by Tyler Naquin. The Miami native, Nick Castellanos, came to bat. The pitch is lifted high into the air. This is to right center, and it is gone. A two-run home run for Castellanos, his 22nd of the year, and for the Reds, a 2 to nothing first-inning lead. Now, after that, and after a two-out single by Kyle Farmer, Zach Thompson really started to settle down. He did not allow another hit the rest of the night. That is wildly impressive for Zach Thompson, who allowed two early runs, and the Reds had themselves a 2-0 lead. Now, the Marlins' offense was quiet in the first, the second, the third, and fourth innings, but they were able to capitalize on Wade Miley in the fifth. Leading off the fifth inning, Jorge Alfaro bounced out the second base, but after that, things really started to unravel on the veteran left-hander. He walked Brian De La Cruz, Alex Jackson singled. Uh, Let's see here. Thompson dropped down a bunt. The runners were at second and third base with two outs for Miguel Rojas. He walked, so they were loaded at that point with two outs for Jazz Chisholm. Two outs. It's up to Jazz to extend the inning. Pitches inside. Jazz does a jackknife and falls right to the ground to keep from getting hit by that pitch. No, he got hit. Did it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It could okay. have been, if it didn't get hit, that ball would have been flying and everybody would have just been running the bases. So he definitely got hit on that pitch. 
So that's an RBI hit by pitch for Jazz. Okay, very good. You'll take him any way you can get him following Jazz. Jesus Aguilar. Here it comes. That's off the inside. Ball four. He's walked in a run, and this game is tied. Well, sometimes you don't need singles, doubles, triples, and home runs. You get them loaded. You find a way to scratch two across. Chisholm with an RBI hit by pitch. Aguilar with an RBI walk. That would be it for Wade Miley. When four and two-thirds innings in this ballgame, Luis Sessa came on. He induced a fly ball to center field off the bat of Lewis Brinson, and this puppy was 2-2 after four and a half. Thompson, as mentioned, worked five, worked a scoreless bottom of the fifth inning. The Marlins went quietly in the top of the sixth inning, and then it was go time for this Reds offense in the bottom half of inning number six at Great American Ballpark tonight. Anthony Benderon relieving Thompson in a 2-2 game, immediately served up a single to Jonathan India. India was followed by Tyler Naquin. He doubled. Naquin had three doubles, and he scored three times in this ball game tonight. They were on second and third with one out in the sixth inning for Joey Votto, and he was intentionally walked. And uh, that was after the Castellanos RBI ground out that made it a 3-2 game. So it was 3-2, Votto walked, and then Kyle Farmer walked, and they were loaded with one out for the pinch hitter Stevenson. Bender to the plate, and the ball is hit down the right field line. It's a fair ball into the corner, a 98-mile-an-hour fastball. And the Reds get Naquin home. They get Votto home. And the Reds have two runs on that hit by Stevenson. So Stevenson plates two more with a double, and then Suarez came to bat. The right-hander deals the next one. A swing here and a high fly ball to right field. Coming in on it is De La Cruz. Makes the catch. The runner tags. The throw is cut off and goes to third. The tag is made. The run scored. It was a messy sixth inning for Anthony Bender. The Reds score four times on three hits. They end up getting out of the inning with a double play. Um, but goodness, it was uh, a big crooked number in the bottom of the sixth inning for the Cincinnati Reds, and that would be plenty in this ball game tonight. Everybody went quietly in the seventh inning, but the Marlins did tack on a couple uh, in the eighth inning. Michael Givens came on for the Cincinnati Reds. He walked Jazz Chisholm. He walked Jesus Aguilar. Lewis Brinson fell out to the catcher, um, Tucker Barnhart, and there were two on and one out for Brian Anderson. Here's the pitch, and this is hit in the air out toward left center. It's going to be off the wall at the 379 sign. Coming around to score is Jazz Chisholm. So Anderson pulled the Marlins a little bit closer, and so too did Jorge Alfaro after a pitching change by the Reds. And the ball is ripped on a line out into right field. That's a base hit, and home to score is Aguilar, and it's a 6-4 to four game. And at that point, that would be all the Marlins would get in this ball game tonight. The Cincinnati Reds tacked on one more in the bottom of the eighth inning. Uh, Sean Gunther pitched a 1-2-3 scoreless bottom of the seventh inning. 
He came back out for the eighth inning. If we get a chance to hear from Marlins manager Don Mattingly, be curious to hear his decision to leave Gunther back out there for a second inning of work because it backfired. He allowed a leadoff double to Tyler Naquin. Again, Naquin, three doubles in this ballgame tonight, scored three times, was on base all four times with a walk in the third inning. Um, but there in the eighth inning, Castellanos followed Naquin with an RBI single. Votto struck out. Austin Pruitt came on to get the final two outs in the eighth inning. Uh, but a curious decision there potentially to leave Sean Gunther in um, for the bottom of the eighth inning. Anyway, we'll see if Donnie has anything on that. Kept it up shortly. We do hope if we can get that postgame sound for you. Uh, Michael Lorenzen relieved Michael Givens in the eighth inning, got two big outs for the Reds in the eighth. He pitched a one, two, three, ninth. And of course, naturally, it ends courtesy of a six, four, three double play ball. Farmer to India to Votto. Five inning-ending double plays for the Cincinnati Reds in this ballgame tonight. Reds beat the Marlins 7-4, four runs, eight hits, no errors for Miami. Seven runs, eight hits, no errors for the Cincinnati Reds. Your winning pitcher in this ballgame tonight, Luis Sessa, now 4-2 this season. Anthony Bender, the loser, he falls to 2-2. Two and two, And Lorenzen picks up his second save as a Cincinnati Red this season. The Marlins left 6 on base. Reds left 2 on base. Reds were 3-4. for four. They capitalized and were opportunistic with runners in scoring position. Marlins used Thompson, Bender, Gunther, and Pruitt out of the bullpen and on the mound to start this ballgame tonight. We started at 641. Total game time, two hours and 52 minutes in front of 34,433 at Great American Ballpark in downtown Cincinnati tonight. Marlins pitcher struck out four in this ballgame. $100 will be donated to AutoNation's Drive Think Initiative to fight against cancer. For every strikeout this season, $25 will be donated to the Drive Pink Initiative. Reds beat the Marlins 7-4 last night. Uh, not necessarily too sloppy. They grounded into five inning-ending double plays. Reds used the long ball early, capitalized with a four-run inning. Uh, you mix and match all that, and you uh, take all the double plays into consideration. And the Reds have themselves uh, three wins in their first three tries in this four-game set. Marlins looking to salvage a game today. Let's hear from Don Mattingly after the Marlins' loss. Thanks, Dan. Hey, Donnie, uh, after giving up a first couple runs there in the first, how effective uh, was Thompson and, and how he was able to settle down after that one? Yeah, he was good. It looked like he got his cutter going, uh, stayed in the strike zone. You know, these, these guys here, we don't want to we don't want to walk people but for the most part. But it looked like he got the cutter moving and uh, yeah, had some had some good innings in there. After I think it was about 73 pitches, what went into the decision to take him out of the game in that situation? Uh, as much as anything, third time through, top of their order. Uh, Bender's probably been one of our, our better guys. We thought he was a, the best matchup going right down through there. Speaking of Bender in the six, what would you see from him? It seemed like his sinker maybe didn't have as much life to it. Yeah, just kind of looking at a little bit of the few of the pitches in between innings there. It looked like a, a lot of balls just stayed up and flat. Um, yeah, it didn't have the, the same down movement. And so you just seen a lot of balls flat. And in the eighth inning with uh, what went into the decision to send Gunther back down there, were like Blyer and Detweiler down today? No, no, just down two runs. We used those guys last night. We didn't use Det last night, but, you know, we're down two runs at that point. Uh, we got to trust those guys to be able to get outs without having to use the back end, you know, every day. Jordan? 
Yeah. Hey, Donia, going back to Bender for a minute, after that great start to the year, I think it was a 22 consecutive without a run. He's been, you've seen some ups and downs with him. Have you been, have you or Mel talked with him about maybe game planning or just how he needs to adjust as the league starts to figure out who he is? Yeah, definitely talking, talking to him about game planning, uh, you know, where he needs to get the ball, the strength of his pitches. Um, yeah. And he's got kind of a delivery that, that can, once it gets off sync a little bit, that's when you see the ball flatten out and be up. Um, you know, the more consistent he can be with his delivery, the more he's going to have the down movement and be able to get the ball where he wants. And then on offense, you guys had some opportunities, but five double plays you guys hit into, a couple of them ending some of your rallies, just some of the opportunities that you guys left on the table with with those double plays there. Yeah, obviously the, the good thing is you get we were getting people out there and giving ourselves chances. And then the bad thing that we, you know, we end a few innings like that. So, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those situations that you, you know, your guys aren't trying to do it. Um, and the positive is you're getting people out there and having opportunities. I thought the guys kept going tonight, did a nice job of that. Um, but unfortunately we, we did, you know, give them that two for one, you know, like you said, five times. Reds beat the Marlins 7-4 at Great American Ballpark last night. The Marlins now 51-73. and The Reds are 68-57. and Game four, the finale, comes your way this afternoon. 1 o'clock matinee, Sandy Alcantara versus Vladimir Gutierrez. 1-10 first pitch, 12-40 airtime with Marlins on deck. And as always, we hope you find some time to join us on the Marlins Radio Network, driven by AutoNation. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.